This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. To the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me. This is Dev. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I guess yeah, you're just we'll gonna be have here to momentarily. Put you there. Uh this is actually episode 12, season 15. Forgot to put that in. Uh we're very organized today, as you can hear. <laughs> um, we have our issue of Detective Comics to renew. Uh, sorry, review, and we also have um just a, a few bits of news to discuss. Most of the news these days has been Superman related, both in the comics and in the movies. Let's see. Solicitations. We had Batman and Robin. Number one launches September in September. That looks fun. I'm What's really hoping. Again? I'm not been paying attention to solicits. All I know is that White Rabbit's going to be in it. I don't. <laughs> Josh Williamson's writing it. And Simone DeMeo is doing the art and the covers. and. It's going to be Gotham focused from what I can tell. So Bruce and Damien are going to be having adventures in Gotham. I just hope that this is, uh, you know, the Robin series Williamson and not the Shadow War Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also really irritated because DC has been ha- has done the thing that I've been telling everyone they were going to do since 2019. And they started doing cardstock covers uh, for a dollar extra, and that is for the big titles like Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and Robin, they are launching them as $5 titles instead of $4 titles. And they're not providing backups. So before, the titles they had backups, they sold for $5. And I thought that was reasonable because you were getting more pages and more story. Uh, Maybe we didn't always like that story. Maybe you didn't want those extra pages, but it felt like they were trying to provide value for money. This time it just feels like, well, these are the big titles. You're suckers. Uh, You want these big titles. So we're going to charge you an extra dollar and we know you're going to pay it. And I don't appreciate that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm too cynical. What do you think, Steph? I mean, that's a fair reason to be 
upset about it. I mean, didn't they have a thing for a while, never going above two ninety nine or three, whatever it was? They did that twice. They did that at the end of uh, the Batman Reborn era. They, it was called Holding the Line at two ninety nine. Uh, and they shrank the page count, actually. Uh, so from 22 pages to 20 pages. Uh, but then they went right back up to $4 during the New 52. And at Rebirth, every title that double shipped, they went for two ninety nine. So they've tried it twice. And it hasn't stuck either time because DC realized that people will pay. So mm. they're not wrong, but I really don't like it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like anything these days that what was the everyman poor man thing is now out of reach. Things like wings and ribs were the poor man's food. And now rich people were like, oh, let's make it more expensive. Well, and you also have to consider inflation is making yeah, things that's true. more expensive. So like in the in 1992, Detective Comics was selling for like two dollars or less than two dollars. I'd be interested to know how comic prices have tracked with inflation because I'm pretty sure actually comic prices uh, stagnated for a while while inflation was still rising. Yeah, so no. it is, it is Wouldn't possible. Wouldn't it be nice if someone a while ago wrote an article just about that? Oh, gosh, if only there was something. Is this payback is. for me getting mad about you not reading my James Tynan articles? No, this is just pure spite. <laughs> okay. No, there's totally an article. I mean, no, wrote it a while ago. I haven't done a number of articles in a few years. So I feel it's like definitely inflation has gone up a lot recently, though. I'm sure it has. But even even in the article, I mean, I don't remember what I wrote. <laughs> but yeah, no, prices have definitely gone up, even if you account for inflation. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I am part of the problem. I am buying action comics and I buy the uh, the cardstock cover every time. Although I do, so here's the thing: Action Comics is actually 40 pages of content, which is a lot, and they aren't charging extra for that. So, if I were buying Superman and Action Comics, I wouldn't feel bad. I just feel like they should really do something like that for Batman, so that you feel like you have a a book where you're getting a good value to make up for some of the books where they're gouging you. So. We have two events coming up next month in July. We have a two-month event of Night Terror starting. And then immediately thereafter, in September and October, uh, we have Gotham War. So, Steph, which event is more exciting to you and why? Night Terrors versus Gotham War? Yeah. Gotham War. And why so? Because I hate nightmares. I hate this scary, spooky. I hate... Shocking for the sake of shocking. I hope if these are, I don't know, if they're all out of continuity or dreams or whatever, then that's kind of fun because you can do things you can't normally do in an ongoing. But no, I hate it. And also, I have hopes that the Gotham War will end with some reconciliation and maybe some makeup sex. And that would be lovely. And if there's nightmare sex, that will not be lovely. What if there's sex on fire? Like also last page of Batman last time. Oh, also not lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, I for some reason I'm more excited about Night Terrors. I cannot tell you why, because I actually agree with you. I'm not a horror fan. But 
I think it's partly the creative teams for both events. I've got Tim Seeley doing Angel Breaker, my favorite shirtless hero <laughs> or villain. Um, I've got Dan Waters, who did the great Azrael miniseries. He's doing detective comics, and it's going to be about Jim Gordon and Babs Gordon. I've got Dustin Nguyen doing an entire month of variant covers. It's just creative teams for Night Terrors are much more interesting for, to me than the fact that Steenie Howard is doing a ton of Gotham War. And that just seems like a miserable headache to me. So conceptually, I'll agree with you, Steph. I think that's perfectly valid. I just, creative team-wise, I'm much more excited about what I'm getting in Night Terrors than what I'm getting in Gotham War. I don't know. If my favorite creative team was serving poo-poo, I still wouldn't like it. But we'll see. We shall see. That's all we can do. I'm just curious to, you know, test the waters. All right. Let's move on to our review of Detective Comics. So this is Detective Comics number uh, 1073. It's written by Ram V. And art is by Goran Suzuka and Ivan Rees. As Orgum Place explodes, Oracle checks the team. Nightwing and Cass Batgirl got out. Jim Gordon investigates, but Batman goes silent. Prince Arzen, Orgum, and Batman fight in the tunnels, since Batman chose to save everyone he could instead of himself. Orgum's many-eyed lady Shavad, the Serpent, broadcasts a mind-control video blaming Batman for the explosion. Arson says that the supernatural powers of his serpent and the reality engine will reshape Gotham to be free of Batman. Arclight from the Vigil visits Oracle again, saving her from the serpent's mind control. Two-Face plans for the war. Ten-Eyed Man senses the changes as Azrael prays. Jim snaps Commissioner Montoya out of the mind control. Batman tells Arson his father wouldn't want him to become a supernatural dictator. Arzen swells with supernatural power and anger, then tricks Batman by releasing an Asmodeon. Batman flees, and inside his mind or soul, Barbados offers to save him if Batman lets the demon control him. Bruce refuses and flees inside his mind. Barbados, wait. So, uh, <laughs> to beat a dead horse. <laughs> How do you feel about Goran Suzuka and Ivan Reis doing art duties in this issue? Could you oh. tell when it shifted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, they're very these different. two, yeah, they're really different this time. But not like gross different. Not like that last idea. It's not issue. like Harley Quinn, where it's just like, <laughs> what are you smoking? This is more like, I'd say one is more art. Like, it just seems more painted, more not scratchy but adding texture to it i would say yeah and that's then, even Reese. and then yeah Goran that's definitely more comics and then the other one is definitely thicker lines more solid colors color blocking i guess is the word yep. i think um, it's flatting actually what is it flatting color flatting, flatting i literally first, have no clue <laughs> it's the first so they do colors in layers and the first layer is flatting when they just do big blocks of color and then there's blending and mixing and shading and all that stuff. 
but flatting's the first stage, and they often will hire a different person to do flatting because it's quicker and doesn't require all the different tools yeah. and skills. But it definitely, I mean, it flows well. It's not, it's definitely obvious. Again, but they did a good like job. Harley, I mean, it's not, not Harley, yeah. They definitely picked different locations and parts of the story to have the different artists do it. And then they stayed consistent with that. So that's whatever. That's fine. Yeah. I thought both were good. I liked even much better. I am just still really pissed that they continue doing this. And here's Here's a hypothetical, which clearly they're not going to do. Would you rather get Yvonne Ries doing every other issue or maybe even every third issue instead of getting like seven to ten pages of Yvonne Ries every issue? Mm. I don't think it matters. We'd have the same discussion because then it'd be like, well, why do they can't they get the same guy to do all the issues? <laughs> um, I would be happier because I like single issue, single artist issues. I would still be annoyed because this is a top book and I don't understand why you can't schedule things, but I just have a strong preference for single artist issues. Yeah. Just because when you shift, unless it's for like a flashback and even when it's a flashback, I don't love it. I just prefer an artist to do a single issue. Yeah. There's something I really notice about this, this arc compared to Chip Zdarsky's arc is both Chip Zdarsky and Ram V are playing with this other Batman inside mm-hmm. Bruce. So, I was of course, thing, yeah. right. We've got Barbados here in Detective Comics, and we've got Batman Zurinar in Zdarsky. How do these two compare? And I think it's funny; both are very heavily from you know the Grant Morrison era. <laughs> how do they compare? Yeah, in in these arcs, so you don't have to go back to Morrison. Right. Like, how do you compare what? Ram V is saying with Barbados versus what Chip Zdarsky is saying with Zuranar. Well, I mean, Zuranar obviously is Bruce's own making. It's his own failsafe plan. Whereas Barbados seems to be like an uninvited guest, but like a polite uninvited guest because he is like asking permission. He just seems more like Bruce's demons, whereas. Zuranar is like Bruce's protection. Yeah, that's a really good insight because Ram V is writing Bruce as sort of caught in Titanic forces. Like he he is a man standing against waves. Whereas Jim Sudarsky is writing Bruce as like a really over the top powerful character. And he's creating some of his own problems when he created uh Zuranar. Zuranar is from Bruce, whereas Barbados is without Bruce. Hmm. I think I think it's really interesting how similar they are, but they also have distinctions. Like they're exploring different facets of what it means to be Batman and what it means to be Bruce Wayne. And I, I like that. I would say that Batman fighting being caught between Barbados and the Asmer demon are my favorite thing about this issue because I like the idea of it, I like what the emotion that Ram V manages to evoke uh, by doing it. Like, there's, I don't know, it just feels like a cool situation, and I'm very interested to see how it plays out. It's also much interesting more interested see... than the other stuff. <laughs> it is interesting to see how the drug works, and we did get a preview of that in the in the two face backups. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it is. I did like that he was in this one, although he didn't have a very 
big part and what it was was kind of disappointing but um it was i guess a little foreshadowing i guess of what would come um yeah and then instead of two-face protecting harvey this time it was barbados offering to protect bruce but bruce wasn't willing to pay the price and i think that's actually really good insight by rom v because i've always said well not always but for the past six or seven years i've been saying that Bruce's villains are exaggerations of portions of his own soul. And Two-Face, of course, is the the dual identity of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, and so having Two-Face face the Asmer demon first and then Batman face it is, is very cool thematic writing. A little bit of prediction question. How do you think that Rom V will show that uh, Batman is the better way than Barbados? Hmm. I wonder if he'll give in. Like, this is what, still act, no, this is act two? Yeah, this we're still in act two. Okay. And I guess there's three acts been then an epilogue? Probably. Probably. Maybe a couple more intermissions, but probably three acts and an epilogue. Because it could be that Bruce gives in. I mean, what's the point of having it Chekhov's Barbados if you don't use him? <laughs> That's a good question. I actually hadn't considered that if he gives in my own theory actually makes even more sense which is that he will fight with the power of love which is family which actually which brings they've us been heavily featured yes well that brings me to my next question how do you feel about the way the specific three members of the bat family are being featured we've got barbara oracle dick nightwing and Cass Batgirl. how do you feel about their use in this issue and gordon oh yeah gordon Wait. actually was really good he was, and I think, yeah, so since, since, because he only knows Barbara's identity, right? He only lets himself admit yeah. he knows. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's this been, whole thing where he refuses to let himself admit he knows Bruce's identity. But I think that canon change, development, whatever, has let them, let, let them have retired, <laughs> um, Gordon do things before that he could not do. He had to be stupid before, and now he doesn't have to be stupid anymore, which is very nice. And it just—I think it helps him be way more effective, a lot more community, communicative, communicative with the Bat family. I really like him. I I agree. This really reminds me. I, it was either last issue or a couple issues ago when he had that conversation with Bruce on the other side of the wall, and that was just mm -hmm. really well done. Yeah. Um. I, I'm really glad that Rom V is mostly handling Gordon because when Cy Spurrier did that first backup, I hated yeah. it. That was terrible, Gordon. But when Rom V got his hands on Gordon, he's solid. I, yeah. So I will say, as much as I've like had hissy fits about this run, the <laughs> secondary back character arcs have been very interesting. So Gordon and the boy and, and Two Face. And even shoes and, and was it Croc or Clayface? I don't remember. I feel like Ron V might be losing shoes because she's in Green Arrow, though, yeah. unfortunately. But I anyway, really love shoes. Those have all been very interesting. I've all I've yes. been invested in those. Um, so I think those parts of it were pretty good. I think Dick is just be there to have. I'd say up. Dick and Cass both. Like you could replace those with Jason or Tim and with Steph yeah. or Harper. Like all. Nothing of what they did was actually driven by their personality or personal motivation. So I thought that was weak. Yeah. 
And not, I didn't even remember what Cass did in this issue. I'm still looking. She's at tracking the Asmer demon, I think. Uh, yeah. Again, it's just it, it could, could be, be like set that. up for something, but I just feel like that's weak. Yeah. Um, Babs, I'm actually angry about, though, because this is the second time she's been used just to prop up the vigil characters. And that that really annoys me. Because they take away her oracleness, and so she can't do anything. Right. They're supposed to be super cool. And I'm like, Babs is Oracle and Batgirl. She should be super cool. Why couldn't she be the one showing them cool stuff? I, who's, I don't who's like the that guy kind of with thing. the electronics and the dots on him and the dot on his face and the arc light? Arc light. Is he, is he part of that spinoff thing? Yeah, he's part of the vigil. Vigil. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't like that kind of writing. I haven't liked it since 2014 when, they, when James Tynan did it with Harper Row. And I like Harper Row. Like, this is not me hating on Harper Row. I just think that I liked Harper Row before. You didn't have to put Stephanie Brown down to make me like Harper Row. In the same way, I am open to liking Vigil. If you use them to put Barbara Gordon down, I am going to like them less. Last question for this main story. Ramvi says that Batman sacrifices himself without hesitation for Gotham, but he also thinks that he's necessary for Gotham's future. Do you now? Okay, obviously we know as a publishing endeavor, Batman is necessary <laughs> for Gotham's future. But thematically, do you think that there is a possibility of a world without Batman? Sure. I mean, that's what. Well, that was what Nolan was about, right? And that's yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, any any story that Bruce is dead or gone or whatever, you know, life goes on, and obviously and Gotham is just this bad because otherwise you wouldn't have interesting stories. <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of part of the problem. Whenever you ask the question, "Well, can we have a world without Batman?" You're like. Why would we want to? We're a Batman podcast. We love <laughs> Batman. We're not we interested in a world without Batman. Yeah. It's not the Gotham podcast. <laughs> Speaking of TV shows without Batman. <laughs> um, I love that show. The show was so stupid. I loved it. I, I, it was not for me. I could not watch more <laughs> than a couple of episodes. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up the main story. Let's move on to our backup. Uh, this is the second of a two-part story by Dan Waters, illustrated by Stefano Raphael. The boy Prince Arzen flees from the assassins who killed his bodyguard. Shavad saves him as the assassins claim to work for Ra's al Ghul. In rage, Arzen sets the garden on fire to immolate the last killer. Weeks later, as Arzen trains brutally in combat, his mother smiles. She gives him a box made from his father's tree, containing a severed tongue and eyeball. Shavad reveals to the audience that the queen hired the assassins and killed their entire families for silence, all to train Arzen in ruthless brutality and revenge. So, what did you think of the twist? I put twist in quotes. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't we know that? <laughs> I mean, we didn't know that, but it was, like, super obvious. Yeah, it was super obvious. <laughs> um, 
No, it's not we learned in the in the main story from Talia. Well, whatever. Yeah, no, it's messed up. Hopefully, hopefully the main story will be resolved by reaching Urzan and showing him what a duty head his mommy is. But well, I'm betting that the mom's going to show up and she's going to be the actual big bad. Yeah, probably. Does young Shavad look less creepy than old Shavad? Well, answer your own question. I would say yes. I mean, her when she has that full head covering eye thing on, she looks real creepy. She looks real creepy. I meant the other question. Well, yeah, that too. No, oh, the twist. I, I just think it's obvious. I was like, yeah. I don't know if it needed to be. I mean, theoretically, we're supposed to be empathizing with Prince Arzen, but in a two part story where each part is only 10 pages, I don't know if that's a realistic expectation. I don't know. Yeah. Does it feel necessary to learn how Arzen went from being a sweet boy to a ruthless murdering tyrant? Well, I have to say yes, because I love anime. And the great thing about anime and manga is you get everyone's backstory. And then you always love them. And then by the end of the fight, you're like, oh, poor, blah, blah, blah. How could they have made these choices in life? That's so sad. And then they get their big farewell speech. But it has to be well done. Like, I have some choice words for Brave and Bold. because. I enjoy Peacekeeper One. I hate Peacekeeper One, but I enjoyed him and I'm empathetic to him and his feelings. And him getting stabbed is not very nice. But yeah, I am I'm sorry this kid had to go through this. Yes, maybe a little bit more empathy, but your tragic backstory does not excuse your bad behavior. That is like the first thing you learn in therapy. So no, you shouldn't try to hurt people, even though you are hurt people, hurt people. I know hurt people hurt people, but it doesn't excuse it. Don't do it. Yeah. Also, that's messed up. You shouldn't give your kid that present. Well, no. So he he gets the music box. Okay, so I think I may have misunderstood. Yeah, yeah you so misunderstood. He gets a music box. Mom is the looking mom at still box has her box. Pie. Yeah, but the boxes look similar. So I think they that might have. I feel like they should have made them a little more distinct. I don't know. It was it was tricky. I think you're right though. Um, Either way, still messed up. It was mm. definitely still a manipulation to give him the box made from the tree. For sure. I don't know. I I think this is a really well done two-part story. And I love how it connects thematically with Arzen, what Arzen is doing and Bruce trying to tell him that his father was betrayed by his mother. Like, that whole... Rom V and Dan Waters and Cy Spurrier were all clearly working together. And that's really cool. I like that. I'm not in love with this story, though, because I wasn't able quite to like any of the characters in it. Like, it's well done. I like the art a lot. But like, young Prince Arzen, you know where he ends up. So it feels, I don't know. I liked the trainer guard guy, but that you were supposed Obviously, to like him. So that when he died. You're sad. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My only question is, was the eye and the tongue actually talking in the box? I and if so. yeah, look, look at that panel, the last page, and the tongue is talking. Oh. That's creepy as heck. Is that supposed to be the dad? I think that's. Well, I thought uh, it was the queen. I thought that yeah, was. The, no, oh no, no! You're right. You're right. You're right. That's the. I, I, oh cause, my god. Because my thought was they delivered when they killed the king. They delivered him. They delivered that as proof. Yeah. And now he's talking. That's creepy. 
Long distance relationship. Yeah, no. That was very creepy, man. So it wasn't Shavad that revealed it. It was Tongue Man or Tongue Tongue Eye. Oh boy. He's a one eyed, one tongue boxed purple people eater. <laughs> so, Theo, quick question for you. How did you like the main story? <laughs> I was quiet while you all were talking about it because again, I was always taught if you don't if you don't have anything <laughs> nice to say, don't say anything at all. I, I don't know. It's just listening to how you all seemingly enjoyed it, whereas I still have my same issues lends to what I've been saying since the start of this run and that is it's more of a task to read it now and that burden of just knowing I have to read it probably caused me to not enjoy it as much as maybe I should considering I missed some stuff and I don't know it's just I am still Do you feel like say- it's getting harder to read or just the same? <laughs> I think it's getting easier to read because things are actually happening. In fact, yeah, that's kind of my impression too. Too much seems to be happening. <laughs> but I mean, the same gripes that we have every week is still there. I just don't want to harp on them. But like, yeah, Batman is still doing weird, stupid things. And uh, like we said, the family's not really the family, and uh, poor choices are being made. And all in all, not too much really happens with, with each of them. It is, yeah, so we did focus on the more interesting parts of the story and it avoided the stuff we could complain about. So you cheated. I'm just trying to be positive, man. (laughs) You don't have to be. All right, so let's give our Detective Comics a rating out of five Barbados versus Asmer cage fights. (laughs) These are getting more and more ridiculous. Uh, uh, okay. On a tech, Rom V tech scale, <laughs> I will give this a three. Because I found, like uh, Theo observed, I did find more nice things to say than I normally would. Also, I did the smart thing and I read the books I hated first. So that by the time I got to tech, I was ready and for something that wasn't. You were, what in, I a, you were in a good mood. <laughs> I was ready to be in a better mood. <laughs> Two and a half. As you, as I mentioned, I was kind of listening to Stephanie and had their conversation. Um, I mean, y'all know, I just, I hate all things Barbados. And mm-hmm. the, the idea that we're now going to be getting the same story that we got with Two-Face and Harvey, now with Bruce and Barbados, I'm not I'm not too crazy about. I mean, because that's basically what we're getting. Same dialogue, two different characters. Second verse, same as the first. So that gives us an average of three, because I give it a 3.5, which means no mode. Who oh, reviews it on the site? Me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, 
We'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tpu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tpu underscore comics. Or if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat family. Join the TVU Bat family and let us know what you think. Let's move to Greater Gotham. First one up is Nightwing number 105. Neutral. I do appreciate him trying different storytelling styles like he's done the flowing from one panel or having the full pages where Nightwing is jumping all over. This one was all from Nightwing's POV. So that was an interesting take. The story was meh. Batgirl got kidnapped again as bait. Yeah, it was a neutral for me. I, I like the idea of looking at it from Dick's point of view. Um but it was nowhere near as good or as enjoyable as I had with the uh, with the they kidnapped Bitewing and we have to get them back. All I in. bought that issue. I bought I that too. I've been trying issue. to find a second one because I really want to take it apart and do like someone did and and paste it. I think that was Della Quesno. That's who it was. Server. I think so. Uh, someone, someone knows. Someone posted it on Twitter. It may be, yeah, but I think it I may, think they also did it on the server. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Taylor did it. But wouldn't you need three issues though? Because you've got double sided pages. Oh yeah, they need more. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I take it you didn't read it. No, I did read it. Uh, it's a neutral for me. I actually didn't hate it, but I I do think it's just such a waste of. Of artwork and like creative narrative choices for such a a completely pointless and forgettable story. Yeah, like, I hate to. Agree it feels like you. there's so much to make this comic aesthetically appealing that there's there's just nothing to it right now. And I I will admit it's still a Tom Taylor problem. So take that with a grain of salt. But I I seriously think. Why did this story have to be told that way? It didn't. It's fun, but I would prefer a story where being from the point of view really like there was a thematic purpose for it. It feels like there's a couple of steps that if Taylor had taken some more time to integrate the narrative storytelling into the thematic storytelling, it would have been much more powerful. Batman Superman World's Finest number 16. Oh, I'm going to have to give it a thumbs down. I love Dan Mora. But there was just too much going on. There was too many heroes. There was too many baddies. There was too much going on. I didn't care to read all of it and figure it out. I didn't. I was not. I didn't know. But the the swimsuit variant cover was pretty great, in my opinion. Yes, yes. Teehee. <laughs> Theo was right. You did tell it yourself. I don't. Myself, I wasn't gonna say anything, but I have to explain why we picked the cover that we picked, and we just hated all the other art, so that's why we picked. 
or you, you or you made a deal with your co-host on what a future. No, you co-host. made a deal with me. I was just sitting here. Yeah, you could have seen. I this. traded. I traded this swimsuit issue for another one later. <laughs> Sold her soul to her podcast co-host. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Titans number two. Wait, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I abstained. <laughs> I abstained too. Yeah, I'm the only one who reads this one. So let's go to Titans number two. Abstain. <sighs> Dumbs. Oh, I am <sighs> neutral. What makes a man turn neutral? Lust for gold? Power? Or were you just born with a heart full of neutrality? I'm gonna say neutral. Neutral, neutral, trending down. It's it's probably it's probably where I'm heading. So spoilers, yeah. Uh, Wally is dead, but he's not dead because the Wally that's dead is a Wally from the future that somehow <laughs> came back in the past to try to warn them that he's gonna die. So they need to go and use the Wally in the present. <laughs> To find a person that's going to kill Wally in the future. It is, then why did you go I say hate, goodbye to everybody instead I of giving the message? This kind of time travel story. So, 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 the, so, so the Wally that was saying goodbye to everyone was saying goodbye to everyone in the future. And then he comes okay. into the present and he dies. And so, and so he dies in the present to give the Titans of the present the, I, the, the notion that, hey, I'm going to die in the future because somehow Dick was able to run this test to realize, OK, yeah, this is our Wally, but this is a Wally from the future. And so he's given us a chance to prevent his death. And so now Wally of the present is grounded and Dick is basically watching God over him to make sure he doesn't try to leave the tower. Oh, and by the way. By the way, we have uh, Tower of Babel Part 2 because Dick revealed that he has a contingency plan for <laughs> the Titans. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So, but he's letting them know before they figure it out, and he has one that he will, he's willing to give them to take him down to. So, yeah. The more I talk about it, thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also abstain from Titans. I wish I could abstain from the next title. Catwoman number 56. Oh, thumbs down. I don't. Ugh, thumbs down. I will go on like my co-host and I will give it a neutral simply for the swimsuit cover. <laughs> thumbs all the way down. This comic continues to be dumber than heck. And this this issue was very clearly setting up Gotham War. And Catwoman is just being the dumbest person ever. It's so stupid. Especially when I compare it to the the run that is so clearly trying to imitate, the Genevieve Valentine run in the end of the New 52. And it's just so bad. Everyone's such an idiot, but everyone's expected to act like they're a good person. Like a smart person. Like Catwoman's like... Ah, yes. I know that Black Mask is a misogynist, backstabbing, traitorous person who's only joy in life is betraying and murdering people. But yes, I will offer him a position in my organization. You're a moron. Why? Didn't he beat the hell out of her? Uh, I mean, he he got a couple hits in, but he lost. 
And I only know this because they posted a picture from the issue as we discussed our uh, cover for this week. But that's about it when it comes to Catwoman. And of course, I read, I, I review Ian's review as we edit it for the site. But yeah, I, I stay far away from it. No, it, it is trash. I hear it's trash. Batgirls number 19. Final issue. There were there were some tears shed by one of our hosts. That was <laughs> that would be me, not the other two. Not the other two. I said neutral, but it was it was it was good. It was compared to where it started from, and that's I was kind of reflecting on when I was reading it. It was it was very enjoyable compared to where we started, but I still for me it was a neutral. It is a neutral simply for the art. I am I am a big fan, a new big fan of Robbie Rodriguez. It gets a thumbs up from me. I I still really enjoy this series, and I think well, it you ends... can't enjoy it anymore because it's over. <laughs> now Theo just wants me to cry again. Oh. Um. Yeah. So Batman: The Brave and the Bold, number two. Oh, neutral. The Tom King story is still very Tom King. Had nothing to do really with the first one. Bruce was mean. I don't think Bruce would do that. Maybe I should give it a thumbs down. Anyway, and then what do was the it. second one? Do it. Oh yeah, the second one was being. We, oh, I don't know. There was a lot of talking in the second one, and then they're gonna spread a virus. I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, whatever. And then the Joel Jones one. Would have been really cool, except that it was super short. And I feel like it was just a random smattering of memories with no, like, pattern or story or coherentness to it. So I really wanted to like it more than I did. And it was very pretty. But all in all, yeah. No, thumbs down. I'm changing it. Thumbs down. (laughs) We're all about changing minds here. We are. After reflecting on what I really thought. Thumbs down. It is a neutral for me. Definitely. The Tom King story was typical Tom King. So I wasn't crazy about the Stormwatch one, the first issue, and I'm not all that crazy. I mean, we get we get Ravenger, we get Shadow. I'm still not familiar with all of the characters other than Director Bones and Peacekeeper One. Although seeing him drop to the bottom of the ocean was kind of interesting, and now they were quickly able to save him with hundreds of pounds worth of armor, uh, only for him to get stabbed by a virus-infected knife, sword, whatever. The Superman story is still stupid, and... Oh, that's right. I skipped that one. I was like, there must have been more than three stories. <laughs> yeah, the, stu- the Superman story is still stupid. And the Jones story was nice. It, it, it made me think that they were trying to do something similar to what Jamal Campbell did with the Nightwing story back during that special, where it was mainly art speaking for itself. There was a little bit more dialogue in this story, of course. Uh, it was okay, but, you know, it it was it was okay. So, yeah, just neutral, but it's a low neutral. I don't know where you guys are coming from. This this was sucked. 
<laughs> Tom King's story is not fun. And Batman's very out of character. I think I see what Tom King's doing, but I don't enjoy it. Um, Ed Brisson, he's trying to do the same kind of thing that he does with Batman Inc. with a ton of characters, but I don't like any of these characters. And the ones that I might like, he's not using them effectively. This is just it's not good. Superman story is awful. And the Joel Jones actually was pretty good. I just hope she didn't trace anything for this one. So it's a thumbs down. This this title is suck, and I hate the fact that they're doing it again. If they want to do an anthology series, just do three stories, make none of them longer than 15 pages, and only charge $5 for it. Do not do this $8, 60-page long slog. It's so pointless. I hate it. Hate it. Hey, it's such a strong word. All right. Uh, speaking of other titles that are ending that we hate, although <laughs> all, 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 although I I do want to warn any of those fans on uh, the Wonder Woman Universe dot net, wherever that may be, in whatever multiverse that we're in, um, <laughs> just be mindful that Tom King is taking over Wonder Woman. So y'all, oh, snaps, y'all have. All the fun with that. <laughs> I mean, I reviewed the one the eight hundredth issue of Wonder Woman on my YouTube channel, and I thought it was interesting. Tom King wrote the end story for that. And it's a lead into to his series. Yep. Are they are they continuing legacy? Or are they starting with number one? Uh they're doing number one, but they're doing legacy in like parentheses. That's so stupid. Tim Drake, Robin number ten. Two yeah. thumbs down. That's what I wrote down. TTD. Two thumbs down. <laughs> TTD. <laughs> I I can't even. I cannot tell you how angry I was at so many things, but I'll point out two things. Okay. Batman would never, ever, 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 ever let a bunch of nobodies, civilian nobodies, lead the charge into a situation. Ever, ever, ever would that never, ever happen. Screw that. Bernard was going have, for his man, Steph. I'm we have sorry. a full-faced shred of Bernard leading with a bunch of Marina nobodies behind him, and then behind them is the Bat family. That would never happen. Ever, 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 ever. No. And then two, Tim is like, oh, I've had a family all along. I can't believe that I, I love my family so much. Like, they've been there the whole time. At no point did anyone say, Tim Drake sucks, go away. They were like, we love you. You should come be with the family. Come over for dinner. Well, there was that one time Bruce punched him in the face. But, you know, recently, Bruce gave him a big hug because he saved him from the multiverse. So, like, it's stupid. It's stupid. I hate this book. I hate the Tim Drake book. I hate Bernard. I hate... <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell us how you really feel, Steph. Tell us more. Tell, tell us more buddy. about your hatred. Oh, oh, and in the last issue, Bernard was a psychopath, and they just forgot that. They just forgot that Bernard had, was was in psycho rage. Character consistency is for lesser writers. <laughs> you must embrace Fitzmartin's vision. Oh my gosh. Thumbs down. It was terrible. I mean... It's bad enough I, I didn't read any of this series and now I know why. And it's just it's just 
dumb. I'm happy it's gone. I mean, it's just, it was just a terrible, I don't know. Tim Drake fans unite. It's over. Yay. Yes, this also gets a heavy thumbs down for me. I actually really like the art. This is the artist, and I cannot say his name because I think it's Czech or Polish. Um, But he did the Azrael series, which I constantly rave about. I love his art. And I'm so irritated that Fitzmartin got Zerga Kuna, who did wonderful work for Flash, and then they yanked him for this Tim Drake series. And then they got the Azrael artist. Why do you... Mm. Go ahead and say it. Why did you get all Put Tom Derenick on this book, please. Put terrible artists on terrible books and leave the good artists for the good books. That's what I'm saying. Sarah Gakuna could have done a whole issue of The Flash instead of half an issue. And instead did a whole issue of Tim Drake. Ugh. (laughs) Okay. So, still still a thumbs down, right? Yes. All the thumbs that I have are down. Just just wanted to be sure. White Knight presents Generation Joker number two. Thumbs up. It's still silly that the lady that they randomly went to go see happened to be ready to ambush Joker, who is dead. But other than that weird thing, um, I really liked it. I liked that the Joker henchmen are reverent. Of the children of Joker. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and I like the involvement of Neo Joker. Or Neo Harley. Yeah. I thought the whole, I, I like the whole thing. It's good. I love the kids. I love the kids development. And, and just how they're behaving. They're not just. I don't know. Talking heads. They have personalities and characters. I liked it. Yeah. Thumb, thumbs up for me too. And. Step Daddy Bruce is back, so that's always a plus. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, neutral because it's a little too messy for me. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff, and I did enjoy most of it, but it was just a little too messy uh, a few too many times for me to really fully embrace. But I did have a decent time, and Merka and Dolfo is doing good art, and it's solid. So where was the mess for you? Just the coincidences, and I don't think that the way uh, they're writing Neo-Joker and Poison Ivy is particularly good. Um, I mean, but they're the couple now. I mean, they're the the Harley and Ivy. Well, I don't like the Harley and Ivy pairing. Uh, Um, Yeah, there's there's no convincing. And also, I have thought since this series started, that what Murphy and his team are best at is Bruce and Harley. Um, and every time they get away from the Bruce, well, Bruce, Harley, and Joker, every time they get away from the Bruce, Harley, Joker stuff, I do not think it is very tightly written, and I don't think it's very effective. I'm hoping that as he builds out this Justice League, he he finds his hook into characters like Wonder Woman, and I I think this is probably a Flash, because it was someone named West. But they're still... It's just a little messy. I'm hoping it tightens up. And lastly, we're adding Wayne Family Adventures to Greater Gotham. Uh, so we're going to just talk quickly about 
the three episode, three latest episodes, uh, Birds of Prey. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and give them all thumbs up and get that over with. Yeah, Birds of Prey was lovely. Um, Dinah's first appearance in, in the series. And they ask Selena to come help them steal something that had been stolen from a fence. And this is just delightful. Lots of belly buttons, apparently, that Ian very much enjoyed. <laughs> when did I say that? You were, you were going on about the bellies. The, the, I mean, the, um, I said that it was a thing. I didn't say it was my thing. Oh my gosh. I didn't bring it up. Well, as a Huntress fan from Birds of Prey, there's a lot of discourse about the belly shirt. <laughs> because she'd gotten shot by the Joker two years before. Wombs In the heel. belly, specifically. Wombs heel. Uh, yeah, but you don't necessarily go out in a bikini showing off your gross gun gunshot scars. You do feel confident. Uh, you feel well, I mean, yourself. everyone should read Gail Simone's Birds of Prey 56 to 108. It's great. And it does talk about exactly that issue. Uh, and this Birds of Prey and this Catwoman are significantly more exciting to me than the Birds of Prey and Catwoman we're getting right now. <laughs> uh, second is Stick Up. Uh, Tim and Jason two-part, uh, two-hander. Yeah, so this is a part two that isn't listed as a part two, and I don't yeah. remember what the first one is, but it was actually a while back. Maybe. That was like episode 40, and this is like episode 80. Yeah, so it was like season, was it season one, or was it this Yes, season? it was season one. Yeah, so back in season one, Tim got kidnapped and couldn't escape without giving away his, his knowledge of martial arts and all that, so he had to wait to get rescued, and then Jason came to rescue him. So the same baddies have now kidnapped him. And Jason is saving Tim again, and it's hilarious. Thumbs up. This is, this is so funny. I gotta catch up. You gotta catch up. It's so good. Yeah, definitely a thumbs up for Stick Up. The, the dialogue was just fantastic. And then lastly, we had What I Want, part one. So this is part one of two. It's a Cass and Damien-centered story, <gasps> which is my attempt to get uh, Theo to catch up. Oh my god, yep, Theo's <laughs> gonna be catching up by the next episode. Darn right. Okay. Uh, and that's a thumbs up from me and yes, thumbs up for me too. Thumbs it thumbs is up. it is a part one and the part two makes it I mean not that <laughs> we've read ahead. <laughs> I mean we may or may not spend coins on it and <laughs> Oopsie <laughs> But um yeah, so it is it is a part one um that needs the part two to be a complete story, but it is a very good setup and yes. Yeah. All right, that brings us to the end of Greater Gotham. I feel like this was a slightly less painful Greater Gotham than we've had in previous tech weeks. I agree. Because we added Wayne Family Adventures. And 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 um some White Knight is Yes. Not well, I put that at the end for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know my patterns. I do. All it's right. So terrible we... to come into an end too, so Greater Gotham should be Which one is? I see some terribles uh, have come to an end, so... Oh, some terribles, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's true. Right, now I'm going to read our thank yous to our patrons. Thank you to Lisa Slack, Donovan Morgan Grant, Austin Davis, Ian Miller, Stanton Grave, Johnny McCloskey, Gerald Green, Donald Counsen, Cesar Diaz, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Jessica Morales, Rob O, Captain America, David Richards, Tim Garassi, Mary Garrett, Robert Lewis, and Stephanie Mouse. Thank you all for helping us keep all our archives on the air. And uh, 
Hope you enjoy our podcast. Wait, did we say Caspian? We got to add Caspian. I forgot to add his name to the wall. Oh, well, thank you to Caspian as well, because you're great. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ian. This is Jeff. <laughs> Wait, is this how you introduce? Is this how you introduce yourself while I was away? I don't remember. No, I think it, she was more cheerful this time. I'm cheerful. This it just is sounds Jeff. so sad I'm when you so say. I'm glad it. that I was here tonight. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> this is Theo, I think. <sighs> this is Theo. In somewhere. Oh. <laughs> and thank you for listening to the Batman Universe comic podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.